Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, February 9th, 2023. I'm Broadway Video's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, today is the day I am getting ready to interview for the second time Rupert Holmes. I will not consider this interview a success unless he sings my name again. Okay. To something else. I mean, he already did it. It's pretty greedy, honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty greedy to consider this not successful when he's already sung at you once. Yes, but I'm just saying, like, you, you always strive to better yourself uh, as you go. Since true, I've already had it yeah. once, I want to get better. I want him to sit, you know, to like sing my name to Moonfall or something uh, okay. from Drew. I was going to say, know? do you like, have any requests? But yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. I mean, you know, anything from Drew will work. Curtains. I could, do, I could take curtains uh, as well. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll see. Anyway, you can hear that interview before anyone else. If you head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right. We are here. We've got a little bit of news. Not a ton happened on Hump Day, but we're going to start off with something that is always very exciting. And it is the complete casting of an upcoming Encore's performance. This one is the uh, Jerry Herman, Jerome Lawrence, and Robert E. Lee show Dear World. We already knew that the iconic Donna Murphy would be leading that production. She will now be joined by no less than Brooks Ashmanskis. Yes. Andrea Burns. Yes. Christopher Fitzgerald. Yes. And Anne Harada. <laughs> yes. And more. What an absolutely so iconic group of performers. And I didn't know this, but uh, Twitter Bon Vivant um, Kevin Daly tweeted that apparently Anne Harada played the character she's playing in this Encore's production of Dear World, Gabrielle, in a previous uh, musicals at Mufti pr- production of yeah, the show as well. So she's getting to do this one again, and as Kevin noted, only a special group of people will be able to say that they saw her in both productions. Very different musicals in Mufti that the York Theater Company used to put on. No costumes, pretty much just doing it straight up, you know, on stage. I have a feeling that Encore's production of Dear World will be a little bit more... Uh, advanced, even though it still technically is a concert. The complete right. casting will be announced at a later date with all of the ensemble members and everything, but the production runs from March 15th through the 19th. I have to admit, I don't know a ton about this one. I don't either. Um, yeah, very unfamiliar. And as soon as you put Donna Murphy in anything, I'm like, okay, I'm going to become incredibly familiar with it. Right, but that's really what encores is supposed to do yeah totally Um, obviously we've seen like these big name things like into the woods and parade wasn't encores but it was city center as well and encores is in we've had 17 revivals in the past three years so you're getting in exactly (laughs) you're getting an encore of the previous revival you just saw yeah but like tap dance kid last year was one that never gets done that makes sense um but that's what that's what Encores is for. So I'm excited to hear all about this. I will do not do not Delighted. keep my subscription, so I won't be coming. But uh, very excited anytime you get a group like this on stage, and I will be looking forward to being able to watch it. Um, you know, all the videos in some and stuff form or fashion. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I don't know. Someone wants <laughs> to, you know. Anyway, um, of course, the rest of the season includes uh, Oliver, which is May 3rd through the 14th, and The Light in the Piazza, starring Ruthie Ann Miles on June 21st through the 25th. All right, moving on to a little bit of late breaking news that just came out 
as we were getting ready to record. It's an exclusive from Deadline, and they are reporting three new stars have joined the upcoming Paramount Plus Bound film adaptation of the Mean Girls musical. We already know that the cast will be led by uh, Andre Rice, Renee Rapp, Ali'i Cravalho, and Jaquel Spivey. They will be joined by, honestly, three people that I've I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of these people, but they all have been on things that I am f- at least vaguely familiar with. Okay. Um, Avantika, just one name, shares Zendaya, Madonna, Avantika. She is playing Karen Smith. She was on the show Senior Year. Then Christopher Briney, who was on the Amazon YA series The Summer I Turned Pretty. He will be playing Aaron Samuels. And then, um, BB Wood. I'm assuming that's BB, not Bebe, but BB Wood will be playing Gretchen Wieners. She was seen on the show Love Victor, which I know a lot of people like. Um, I have not seen any of those shows, but they will be joining it. It looks like this thing is rearing up and getting ready to go. It is always interesting to me when like this is going to be on Paramount Plus and not Peacock, which is, which is surprising to me because of all of the connections that Tina Fey and producer Lauren yeah. Michaels have with NBC. But. Mean Girls, the original film, was a Paramount film. So That's, they own yeah, the overall exactly. arching rights. So it's just hard for me to get my head through that because uh, there's such an NBC connection. But it right. makes sense because of that. A lot but of I'm streams about this. crossing, but it makes sense where it's at, even though it doesn't Seriously. feel like it. My every day. That is literally my every day. <laughs> trying to figure out how the stream, yeah. like the literal streams cross and why – Yellowstone exactly. airs on picked, the cable network. I'm glad network. you picked up what I was putting down at the yeah, crossing. Like, Thank you. I got it. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Yellowstone is the most popular show on cable television and it yeah. airs on the Paramount network. However, where does if it, it stream? If it continues to exist. Not, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Paramount Plus. It does not stream on Paramount Plus. It streams on Peacock. So it's very confusing. They might be ending Yellowstone after this year because Kevin Costner only wants to work one week for an entire season. That's Same. probably not going to happen. Relatable. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Matthew McConaughey might be rebooting this. I don't know. It's a mess. But nonetheless, if they do cancel it and start up with something else, it'll be on Paramount Plus, which so it might actually be. They're a just win trying to keep you on your involved. toes, I think. Oh, my God. You specifically. Uh, Netflix. Netflix has been driving me nuts today. So we'll deal with that later. <laughs> Disney soon. Yeah, Disney, that's coming up here in their earnings report in a little bit. But moving on, speaking of things that will be streaming, nice segue there. We've talked about this before. It had originally streamed on Hulu in Japan, but two different versions of the theatrical version of uh, the stage adaptation of Spirited Away, which is based on a iconic Studio Ghibli animated film, Mm -hmm. will be coming to U.S. audiences via streaming later this year. So as we talked about, the diff- the film, the, the, the stage production was filmed last year at the Imperial Theater in Tokyo. There are two people who play the lead character. So we will actually get both versions, one with each star. And this is a stage adaptation that was directed by John Caird, known for co-writing, uh, the, the musical Les Miserables, which you might have heard of. I've heard uh, of, but yeah. uh, you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, it Not will familiar, be really, just heard of, please. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but yeah. actually, I got into a really fun back and forth with uh, sports writer and podcaster Holly Anderson about different versions of Les Mis okay. uh, on social media. If you want to head over to Twitter, we talked about that. She and I are are 
very one of the you know a few of the people who not only blog and podcast about sports but also are deep musical theater fans so Match. we had a nice little back and forth about yeah. that maybe maybe do a uh a march madness bracket style thing about people doing the roles across different productions oh, yeah. and different i've already like, got my anniversary concerts for that yeah. clearly well my point was how do you like what do you do if you get down to like the elite eight and you have Leia Salonga playing Eponine in the 15th anniversary revival concert versus Leia Salonga playing Fontaine in the 25th anniversary concert. Like that is such like a mind F that I don't know what I could possibly do, but you then our conversation, that's the thing. No, yeah. but then our conversation went to the, like what would happen if we did an NBC reboot of quantum leap where it was like quantum Leah P and like, she just leapt into the bodies of performers, which Ooh. it's a mess. Yeah. But, that yeah, sounds horrific, but thread. I want it regardless. Yeah, I do, I do too. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, Spirited Away will stream on uh, from G Kids, which is a producer and distributor of like animated things around the world. It has acquired the North American uh, distribution rights. It'll be available sometime in the spring of 2023 this year. Don't exactly know when that uh, will be or where it will officially be. But like I said, the Japanese version did stream on um, that country's Hulu platform. So we will see what happens. Moving on to another stage or uh, screen to stage adaptation. We've previously talked about the world premiere musical adaptation of the book and movie, The Time Traveler's Wife. It will now officially open in the West End in October at uh, the Apollo Theater in London's West End following a sold-out season in Chester in October of last year. Performances will begin on October 7th with an official opening night on November 1st. It features a book by Lauren Gunderson, who is the most produced playwright in America, yet has never had a show on Broadway. It features original music and lyrics by, like, great, I guess she is a soul singer, Joss Stone, mm. is a, uh, a great soul singer. Dave Stewart, who I believe was in The Eurythmics with Annie Lennox, with additional mm -hmm. music by Nick Finlow, and additional lyrics by Kate Kerrigan of Kerrigan and Loudermilk. So, very exciting about this. David Hunter will star as Henry, and Joanna Woodward will play Claire, the roles that they originally in Chester. Fun. Further casting nice. will be announced in the future. And completely other news coming about stateside. Yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced that it had awarded a record $2,827,500 in grants last week to 141 different food service and meal delivery programs Yay. across the country. Love. That is a direct product of the fundraising efforts that were done across Broadway, off Broadway and national tours during the Red Bucket Fall fundraising uh, and year end uh, fundraising campaigns. The 2023 annual grants were awarded on February 2nd by a committee of 20 Broadway stage managers and actors who were integral in Broadway Cares' in theater fundraising efforts. This essential first grant round in Broadway Cares 2023 national grant programs surpassed by more than $300,000 last year's food grants, which at that time was a record at $2.5 million. So Amazing. Um, My favorite crossover always, of food and theater. So love yeah. to see that. We always talk about like how amazing Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS is, but like, oh, yeah. I feel like not that we oh, I take it for granted, but like it, it is just staggering how it becomes good so it, they are at distributing yeah, this money. Like totally. and how effective and quick and efficient they are. It's really, really, really 
uh, a remarkable organization and something that even though I just give money to it, like I'm not involved with the organization, but like I'm still (laughs) proud of it to represent the Broadway. Oh, yeah, exactly. And what I was going to say is I think we, like you said, not necessarily take it for granted, but it's so ingrained in the theater community and is therefore a theater community thing that once the outreach starts, uh, you know, trickling outside of the theater community, it's one of those things of like, oh, yeah, it is actually a really big, beautiful, excellent organization that's so focused yeah. on community building and community care. And I think it becomes really easy to forget that for all the other points of the year when they're not like announcing these big fundraising numbers. And yeah. I hope no one takes yeah. that for granted because obviously they're doing incredible work and we yeah. love them dearly. Absolutely. All right. Something that I'm afraid that you are not going to love dearly, okay. Ashley. <laughs> Great. I, I feel like this is going to be very contentious because it is taking two of the things that you love most in this world and putting them in direct competition. Great. Love it. That 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 is anything Mel Brooks. Yes. And something rotten. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. for those of you As who don't I'm know. I'm surrounded with Mel Brooks and something rotten stuff in my room at the absolutely, moment. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, uh, Mel Brooks released a and now iconic film, History of the World Part One, Correct. back in, I believe, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. There is a series adaptation of this coming to Hulu on yes, March 6th called yes, Four Part Event. Four Part Event, History of the World Part Two. They released a trailer earlier this week, kind of going through all of the stars that'll be a part of it. And Broadway's own Josh Gad appears in one of the little clips. It's the, I, the premise behind history of the world part one and two is that they look at important moments throughout history and obviously put the iconic Mel Brooks comedic spin on them. Josh Gad plays Shakespeare. And he appears to be in like something akin to a writer's room trying to come up with uh, ideas for plays. Apparently, somebody in the room suggests that they add music to his plays. And which historically is a thing that Shakespeare plays include is music. Yes, absolutely. Because like (laughs) Like, (laughs) literally to this day, there are songs, but Uh not musicals as we know. Right, 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 right. But but at the, the in the clip. Josh Gad playing Shakespeare kind of like dismisses it as being a horrible, terrible idea. And then, of course, bursts into song. That, of course, sounds very familiar to the song A Musical, which featured uh, Brian Darcy James and Brad Oscar in the original Broadway company of Something Rotten. Similarities, of course. (laughs) Similarities, of course. But brushing that aside, there was at least one person who was not very fond of this uh, This very obvious similarity. That was something rotten book writer John O'Farrell, who went on a little bit of a mini Twitter diatribe and rant about it. They included the, ter- included the phrase that Brooks had, quote, hath ripped us off. Mm. Okay. Um, it's a bold on- claim. I will, I yeah, will I say mean- that first and foremost before I say anything else. It's a bold claim. Yeah, obviously, Mel Brooks is an icon, and I, I, I just I, – I feel like everybody has stolen something from Mel Brooks because how can you not? He is just oh, so yeah. in the community. So things like this happen, which O'Farrell mentions. Like, you know, people, people arrive on the same ideas, but kind of what he takes into account is the fact that, like, nobody in this entire production thought – Maybe we should tell him that this has already been done. And he, my, where he kind of loses me is that like, 
he makes it seem like Mel Brooks has gotten so big and so powerful that nobody can say that somebody else did that. Like, I don't know Mel Brooks personally, but like having watched way too mm-hmm. many videos with him and Carl Reiner, like he just seems like a Let's lovely old, yeah, and a lovely human being. So like, I don't think like he's out there to steal something from something rotten, but I will turn it over to you, Ashley, because you are <laughs> the foremost authority on this podcast of all things something rotten and Mel Brooks. I mean, first of all, what I will say is I think it's really important to note creative similarities and I, I absolutely take no fault and John bringing this up and bringing attention to it. Um, I will say in response to John's tweets is that Josh Gad responded to him saying that the trailer kind of took it out of context. And um, oh, yeah, I pulled it up. He said, quote, big fan, all due respect. The trailer takes it out of context. It's a one off joke. Nobody breaks out into song parentheses. From what I recall in the shakes sketch, the trailer cuts to a completely different moment. It's literally that line and off something rotten is brilliant, by the way, praise hands emoji. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like it is as explicit as what something rotten is. All that to say, it is kind of impossible, I think, if you are writing any kind of musical theater, stage or screen, to not emulate Mel Brooks. Um, and I mean, that's yeah. taking, uh, you know, if you're doing something like Schmigadoon, if you're doing something like Something Rotten, it is always going to have influences of Mel Brooks, starting from, I mean, the producer's film and mm-hmm. everything he did with Sid Caesar before that. And I mean... I mean, up there's a to, whole musical. Up to the producer's musical, which is still the but, record winner for Tony's. It is impossible yeah, to escape. But also, like, Mel Brooks, or at least a fictional stand-in for Mel Brooks, is the actual focus of an entire Aaron's and Flaherty musical, my yeah. favorite year. So, yeah. like, the main character is not Mel Brooks, but the main character is Mel Brooks. So it's like... It's just like anyone that's creating any kind of... Like I said, anyone who's creating any kind of comedy, for that matter, or any kind of musical theater comedy is taking influence from Mel Brooks. It is inescapable. It it might be completely subconscious, and they don't know. But I mean, one of the reasons that I love Something Rotten so much is because there are so many parts of it that remind me of Mel Brooks. So for, you know, the Kirkpatrick brothers and John O'Farrell to be like, well, I mean, this is so much like Something Rotten. I mean, the Kirkpatrick brothers didn't say anything, just John. For yeah. any, but for anyone associated with that musical to be like, Mel Brooks ripped us off. I'm, I'm just kind of like, I saw something rotten eight times in person, and <laughs> I can't tell you how many more bootlegs. Uh, but there's a lot of Mel Brooks influence in that show. There is no question about that. It's also not that original of an idea. And from what Josh Gad said, it looks like it's not like this fully fleshed out thing that completely replicates something rotten anyway. So like all that to say, there's obviously going to be replication. There's obviously going to be homage. I do think it's important, you know, as a creative to say, this thing looks a lot like a thing that I done. But I think especially if you're talking about Mel Brooks of all people, and that's not to excuse put, him. I mean, if he... Put some respect on his name. Yeah, of course. And not only... But, you know, not only that, and that's not to say he's infallible of course, and that he... It, there could uh, very... I mean, well, there could very well be a, a case where, like, you get 
an idea and you don't know you're replicating it, but it happens. But there's going to be an idea and they're going to be taken in two different directions. But that doesn't mean the idea belonged to John and Carrie and Wayne. 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 Thank you. So, yeah, I think I think that this is much ado about nothing to borrow a uh a another Shakespearean yeah, reference. It's just very much to me. I saw. I, I think it was when Inside Out came out in theaters. Um, however many years that was, um, there was a preview before Inside Out that was for. I don't think it ever got made. I really don't know. It was like this Argentinian animated movie about foosball. I think, and Mel Brooks played a very small voice character, and they showed this. I mean, it was in an American cinema, obviously, but in the you know. So and so plays this. So and so plays this. They were like introducing Mel Brooks playing this character, and that's kind of just what I felt today. Of like, no, Mel Brooks probably didn't steal anything from you, and Mel Brooks isn't exactly new on the scene. His his voice is very much written into anything that you've done or thought of in the past seventy years. So, what are you gonna do? Apparently, not much. Uh, Not much. Unless you're going to take him to court. I think we're fine. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. All right. That's all that we have for today. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Video. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right. I got to go write about Disney's earnings report. So everybody have a good luck. wonderful <laughs> Thursday. And I'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>